everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. the drama that I'm going to be talking about today is a little weirdo, <laughs> little weirdo drama. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about one drama in particular. Um, it's just a short one, so I, I imagine what I've got to say will be short. Um, so this episode's a little bit of a mishmash because I thought that I might kind of talk about web dramas in general and kind of run through a few that I feel are worth people's time, like if you're looking for something short and sweet. Um, and also a few web dramas that I've seen that were fucking bonkers <laughs> that I feel the need to talk about. Um, probably not at length, although, you know, knowing me, potentially, like I'll talk about the drama longer <laughs> than the web drama actually runs. Oh my gosh, I do talk a lot. So, the show that I kind of want to focus on the most today is a K-drama from 2020. So, this is like a little short little web drama thing. Uh, it is only 12 episodes and it's called Kiss Goblin. I'm really like, has, have, has anyone else watched this show? <laughs> so, this one came out kind of mid-2020. It's called Kiss Goblin. It's only 12 episodes, but each episode is only like around 12 minutes long. So, it's like, it is so short. And um, I, like, it starts off and I was like, what the fuck is this show? Like, this is so not a good show. <laughs> and then... Oh, it hooked me and suddenly I was like, oh, this is the best show ever. This show should be 20 episodes and each episode, not really that long. That would be way too long. But, you know, frankly, I would have been cool if Kiss Goblin, which is the most hilarious name for a drama ever, was a 16 episode, like full length drama. Um, the, the kind of setup and concept for this is super fun. Um, I think it's just got such a great little setup and it just leads to like all the tropey hijinks that I want in my life, basically. <laughs> so um, Kiss Goblin is like, I wouldn't say that this is a a high profile or high quality kind of show, um, but it's really, really fun. And I think it gets better and better the longer you watch it for. I do feel like when it first started, it felt it felt a little bit clunky and I was a little bit like, hmm, is this for me? I don't know. So the reason that I picked up Kiss Goblin uh, is because I have a lovely K-drama friend called Lizzie um, and we chat about dramas and she had told me about this one um, just because it has... I feel like it has such a tropey setup. Like it has these tropey ingredients that as soon as you hear like what it's about, you're kind of like, 
yeah, you know, I kind of want to watch it. Or maybe that's just me. It really suits my taste. So she kind of told me what it was about. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. That's on my list. But I kind of never got around to it um, just because, you know, there's always mm-hmm. so many things to watch. Um, but recently, uh, in 2021, I was watching the K-drama, which is the 16-episode fantasy romance. Uh, my roommate is a gumiho. I always want to say my neighbor is a, my roommate. My roommate is a gumiho. And the second male lead in that one was uh, played by an actor called Bayan Hock, who I really liked. Um, and so I was obviously, as I do, <laughs> when someone catches my, my eye, uh, just checking out what other kind of like random stuff he'd been in. And Kiss Goblin came up and I'm like, oh, that's that show that I've been meaning to watch since forever and it's literally like the whole show is about two minutes in length it's so short um so I started watching it yes I started watching it for an actor (laughs) as you do um but it's a really fun little drama I think it's really fun and really worth your time the long as you go into this show with like very low expectations like it's not flashy um but it really I don't know it hit the spot for me it was really super cute and fun All right, so here's a few ingredients to see. Like, if you haven't seen it, if you have, yay, well done, that's fantastic. And if you haven't seen Kiss Goblin and you're wondering whether it might be for you, um, here's some ingredients to see if you would like it, which I'm just making up off the top of my head right now. I should have written these down. (laughs) All right, so ingredient number one for me was the actor Ben Hock. So if you really liked the second male lead in My Roommate is a Gumiho, then, you know, check this out. Um, if you are short on time and want, so- want something to watch for about two minutes, uh, then this is great. So the other ingredients it has is like, you know, supernatural, inhuman being slowly falls in love with a human ordinary girl. Um, the other thing that's really fun is the main girl is, you know, she's very sassy and cool and very grumpy. But basically, she hates humanity, which is very fun. Um, And she hates humanity because she works in hospitality. (laughs) So that makes me laugh heaps. I feel like everyone who works or has worked in the past or does now in hospitality or retail or any sort of customer service job is inevitably going to end up hating humanity in general. And I thought that was very funny that that was sort of like, you know, this is such a short sweet drama that each character like they're not like super super characterized there isn't a lot of time to go like super in depth with these people um because it is so quick so I kind of love that the female leads like one personality trait is that she just fucking hates everybody and then of course is shoved together with a supernatural non-human being who doesn't know how to be human so no wonder she likes him so much it's not because he's handsome (laughs) So I really enjoyed that. Um, basically, we're talking about a goblin-human romance. Um, we're talking about all sort of sort of like tropey hijinks, such as, oh no, they have to live together in a house. Oh no, the only way for her to save his life is by like skinship and her like hugging him all the time. Um, and also to become human, he has to basically kiss women, which is both hilarious and fantastic. <laughs> All right, so if any of those ridiculous reasons appeal to you, then I reckon you should give this one a go. 
Okay, so I'm going to move on to just a little bit of setup on the show to tell you guys what the story is, um, basically just because I'm kind of fangirling and it was really fun and I want to talk about it. And then I'll kind of breeze through all the normal stuff and move on to a few other little web dramas that I just wanted to chat about briefly today. All right, here we go. So I forgot to talk about the casting at all. Um, obviously, I mentioned that the male lead in this ridiculous drama, Kiss Goblin, is played by the actor Ben Hock. Uh, so he was in, as I said, My Roommate is a Gumiho as the second male lead. And he's also in 2021 as the second male lead in the K-drama. I think it's called At a Distance, Spring is Green. So I haven't seen that one yet, but that one's on my list. Um, so the female lead in this drama is played by an actress called John Hewan. One, uh, John Hewan. Uh, so I recognized her face, but I just couldn't kind of pick where I'd seen her. Um, but looking at her backlist, she's been in quite a few dramas, but I think the one that I would have recognized her from is True Beauty, uh, which is the Moon Ga-yong movie uh, drama. <laughs> <laughs> figure you guys know what I mean. Uh, so in True Beauty, she actually played the female leads like major bully. I think this is her, the same actress. Um, so she's kind of the big antagonist of that whole drama. So that's interesting. Um, I quite liked her in this one. She's, you know, I, I feel like it's a little bit of a, you know, a cranky pants sort of sassy female lead character, but I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a fun trope and I certainly enjoyed all her people hate in this drama. Um, so there's a few other people in it that I kind of kind of recognize the faces of one, but like, I think it's, you know, this is a lot of um, mainly up and coming and it's a very small cast other than the fact that 10 different women get kissed by the male lead. So there is at least 10 women in this show. <laughs> oh, too funny. All right. So the setup of Kiss Goblin is basically it opens with this dude called Bansuk. So we don't really know much, but like because it's a web drama, it just like it starts straight away. Like there is no setup. There's no scene setting. There's no like characterization at the start. You're just like, okay, here's this dude. His name's Bunsuk. He's a fucking goblin or whatever. Like he looks like a handsome human man, but apparently he's not. He's a goblin. Um, and at first you know nothing. I do feel like the drama does actually do quite well at fleshing out some of the mythology as it goes along. And I think particularly... It does it in a way that was very unexpected to me because at the start, it's so like loosely painted. I was like, oh dear, this is not good. Um, but it does get a lot better, I think. Um, I think maybe the first two episodes were just like a bit clunky and then it just like hit its stride and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm fully addicted to this. So basically, Bansuk is a goblin and he hangs out in this, like, I don't know, a fucking goblin bar. I love that supernatural beings in K-dramas always hang out in, like, swanky bars. <laughs> it's too funny. Uh, so he's hanging out in this swanky bar and he's kind of got, you know, like a big black trench coat. And he never smiles and, you know, he just looks like real, I don't know, like male model kind of styled, like real serious like. Um, and he's hanging out in there with this woman who is the Goblin Queen, apparently. I don't know what she's doing in this bar, but it's, I don't know, it's her home, I suppose. Um, and again, she gets a backstory, very surprising. And basically she says to Bansuk, hey, um, I'm going to tell you which women that you have to go kiss. And each time you kiss a woman, 
you're going to like, I don't know, suck out some of their emotions and it's going to get imprinted on you. And with each time you kiss someone, you're going to learn their emotion basically. And, you know, the more emotions you collect, the more human you're going to become. So you're like, <laughs> I watched this, I was like, mm, all right. And then within two seconds, Barnsook's just like, you know, he gets a text on his phone and the Goblin Queen like sends him a photo of some random woman and is like, hey, go and kiss this this random woman on the street. So I think Barnsook like goes to a club for the first one and he just walks up to this woman. And I think he has like some sort of I don't know what the fuck it's meant to be, like this green smoke that comes out of him. I suppose it's supposed to like seduce them or he kind of puts them into a trance, which, you know, and then he kisses them. <laughs> Would you think about that? And then they don't even remember it afterwards. Um, so, yeah, if you think about that, that's it's no good. <laughs> it's really no good. Um, but. I don't think this is the kind of drama that you watch and then you think about anything at all. Like, you <laughs> just take this one as it is. Um, so he goes to this club and he, like, I don't know, green smokes this woman. He brings her out to an alley or something and he's just, like, full on making out with her against a wall. And then, like, a little, I don't know, like a little glowy green thing comes out of her mouth and something like that. I don't know. Her emotion gets imprinted on him. So the emotions that he's picking up is something like, I can't even remember, like anger, emptiness. I think the first woman was like emptiness. And I was like, wow, that's a funny emotion to begin with. Um, emptiness, anger, you know, um, sadness, grief, uh, happiness, joy, all these different kind of things. Um, so he gets emptiness or whatever. But as he's making out with her, um, we meanwhile have met the female lead. So the female lead's name in the drama is Yona. So Yona is a college student. Um, she works, you know, different in hospitality jobs. So she works in another bar, a different swanky bar. Um, it's not that swanky, actually, but she's a waitress there. And we, it's really funny. You always see her like yelling into the kitchen or yelling behind the bar, but you never see another worker. I kind of love the way this drama It's kind of like got no cast members at all. Um, it's all very funny. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so she kind of works in this bar and we see pretty quickly, you know, that customer service has basically ruined her faith in humanity. And she's just getting abused and like drunk dudes are like, you know, hitting on her and then getting annoyed when she's not interested or vomiting around the place. I don't know if I made that one up. It's a K-drama, so I'm sure someone vomits at some point. But basically all that kind of stuff. So she's just really cranky and she's got um, two good friends, two best friends. One's a girl um, and she's, you know, always complaining to this girl and she's like, you know, I hate humans. Humans are really shit. Like, why can't I just, you know, go to uni and not have to deal with all this crap? And her other best friend is this dude, um, and I'm not going to bother naming them because they're only a little bit, um, and he's secretly in love with her and is trying to get up the guts to confess. And there's sort of like a, you know, a little side thing where he's kind of trying to hit on her, which, you know, obviously just doesn't work out for him because, you know, the main character in this is an actual goblin. <laughs> so uh, Yona is like, you know, she's working the bar and people are being mean to her. And then she comes out with this like big, I don't know, big sack of rubbish to go and chuck it out in the alley. 
And of course, she witnesses our main character, Bansuk the Goblin, making out with this woman and then stop making out with her and just sort of walk off really coldly. But of course, this is because his mission is over. His little, I don't know, quest to kiss this woman is done with. And the woman um, has, to- she like totally forgets and she's like, wow, what am I even doing on this street? I don't know. And I'm like, is she okay? <laughs> but we'll just, we won't think about that. Um, so, <clears throat> oh, sorry. So, Yona is obviously like, she witnesses basically what just looks you know a little bit trashy I've got to say and um just randomly on the street in this like rubbish pile (laughs) these two making out so she's like oh look at this player of a dude and then I think it's like the next day she's at uni and um basically Bansuk is told by his goblin queen that the next woman like on his list to go and kiss it turns out to be Yona's you know best mate at university so Bansuk turns up I can't remember what the emotion was that he collects from her but he just sees her he like sends out his like green (laughs) misty pheromones or whatever they are (laughs) and uh just ends up like kissing her on a bench and then she like the the main female lead yona walks up and she's furious because she's seen this guy kissing someone else the day before and now kissing her best friend. So she feels very protective of her best friend. Basically, she starts yelling at him and getting really angry. But then she realizes that her best friend doesn't even realize, you know, because Bansuk just walks off and the best friend doesn't even remember that they were kissing. And she's kind of like, haha, you know, as if. So Yana's a little bit like perplexed. She's like, that's, that's pretty fucking weird. <laughs> pretty sure I saw you guys making out. Um, and then I think she, and I thought this was very funny and not explored enough because I really would have enjoyed it. And I feel like if the drama had been longer, they could have gone into this. But Bansuk is like, I don't know, he's having problems like paying his bills or something. So he has to get a part-time job. And of course he ends up getting a part-time job at this absolutely deserted of any staff members bar, which our female lead Yona works at. Um, So my favorite thing about this is that always in K-dramas, you know, these supernatural beings that are, you know, so intriguing and amazing always are usually not always, but usually are very rich and, you know, have swanky things. Like, you know, obviously right now, um, because it's this second male lead actor from My Roommate is a Gumiho, um, you know, uh, Jung Kyung in that who plays the Gumiho, you know, he's had like a thousand years to accumulate quite a lot of wealth. So he, you know, has a swanky, swanky house and he's got some swanky cars and stuff. And in this drama, I have no idea why, but Bansuk has to like pay his own rent and pay his own bills and stuff. Even though he's not a human and he doesn't know how to be human, he has no emotions. It's so like just hilarious and confusing. But anyway, he has to get a part-time job. And meanwhile, he's just getting a little bit of humanity. I think he like, I don't know what he gets. Empathy? I think he gets empathy. Maybe he gets that from Yona's best friend. I don't know. So Yona has like a really bad day. People are really mean to her. I think like um, really rude or maybe she's like crying over her ex-boyfriend because she was, you know, it's the first time she fell in love. He was another student at uni and he's totally cheated on her and she's real sad about it. They've already broken up by the time the drama starts, but she keeps thinking about it. And so Bansuk comes over and I think he gives her like a chocolate milk or something I don't know (laughs) so romantic (laughs) um but obviously they're kind of they're working together but Yona's not very convinced about him because she thinks he's just this kind of weird emotionless player he's going around kissing all these different randoms um and when she kind of confronts him about it 
I'm pretty sure, like, literally immediately he's just like, oh, well, it's because I'm a goblin and I've got to kiss 10 women to become human. And so obviously Yonha's like, huh, right, and then just walks off and doesn't want to talk to him anymore. Um, so she totally doesn't believe him, but I just get such a kick out of, I feel like, really mad supernatural, like, characters just straight up, like, explaining their whole jam. I think that's so funny. Um, and, of course, she doesn't believe it. Um, so we also find out from the Goblin Queen who tells us at this point, and this is where things started to get really interesting for me. Like, I feel like the start of the show is really clunky. Like I felt like even with the acting, it was like someone would say their lines and I felt like there was just this pause of nothing. And then the other person would like react to the lines. And I was like, oh dear, this seems no good. Um, so I don't know what it was because I feel like after about two episodes around this point in the drama that I'm talking about in the story setup, things just kind of like started flowing and it seemed like a lot more bantery. Um, and I'm not sure if it kind of, it seemed to coincide to me anyway with as um, Bansuk Get, you know, he gains more emotions and he's able to act a little bit more like a real human instead of like, I don't know, a weird like model robot kind of weirdo thing. And I think, um, yeah, he just he just starts becoming normal and natural. And as soon as that happens, like, I don't know, everything just felt like it really clicked into place with the drama. And I think the banter between the main couple got a lot, you know, like something was actually happening instead of like these weird, awkward pauses all the time. <laughs> I don't know. It was very weird. Um, so pretty much the Goblin Queen, she comes forward and she says, uh, she's just kind of talking, I guess, stuff that Barnsook already knows, but it's new information to the viewers. And I really really, really liked it is she says something about, you know, goblins were humans once. And this is where the mythology kicked in. And I was like, hey, that's actually pretty cool. I'd like to kind of explore this in more depth, which, you know, obviously this drama does not do that. It has no time. Um, but the idea is that, you know, they were humans whose hearts were ground in such an unendurable way. Like they've been through such trauma in their lives that they have become these emotionless, inhuman goblins that don't feel any of the things that humans feel. Um, and I really liked that as a backstory. Like, I think when I think about, you know, supernatural kind of fantasy romances, I find I find the whole idea of, you know, having a supernatural being that's never been human really fascinating because that feels like just a whole different thing. Like, how do you kind of make a romance like that work out if they're not human and they don't have humanity? But the idea of someone being human and losing their humanity and becoming, I don't know, like a vampire or a gumiho or like a goblin or whatever, there's just something so interesting in that. Because I suppose like that's the literal like cliche tragic backstory, isn't it? And it's so, I think it's just such an impactful kind of thing, particularly if your main character is this kind of emotionless thing that has no real, like, you know, at the start, Bansuk really doesn't have a lot of personality or anything. He's literally like a robot. So there's not a lot to like hook you in terms of like liking him or caring about him other than the fact that he's very pretty and played by Ben Hyok. Um, so I don't know, this was the point where I started, like I got interested. It was like this automatic, like, oh, I feel like I can understand this character a little bit more. And I have to say, this probably sounds hilarious if anyone's actually seen this drama. Like, it's so cheesy and tropey and silly and ridiculous. And I'm, like, analysing it. <laughs> like, it's a serious piece of art. But I super enjoyed it. So really, I think 
I'm just fangirling. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> you guys can listen if you want to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, it was the point in the drama that I, I really got hooked on the idea. And I feel like it made me warm to his character immediately because I'm like, oh, something bad has happened to this dude. Like, And potentially a long time ago in history, like who knows if it happened recently or a lot later, because at this point we don't know how old he is or, you know, where he's been before he started having to go around soul kissing women randomly. Um, so, yeah, it just made me very interested to think like what happened to him that was so bad that he's turned into this weird goblin robot thing that he is now. Um, so the Goblin Queen also tells Bansuk that once he's, and she doesn't tell him this at the start, which I again thought was very funny. She waits a while. Um, and she says to him, like, once you've kissed whatever the lady is that I've sent you off to kiss, you make sure that you get the fuck out of there as soon as you're done, because there is literally, like, literally a exorcist murderer who is going to come and murder you. So you need to, you need to run away. And he is just like, oh, okay, cool. No worries. Um, and he doesn't. Oh, so what happens is, uh, I don't know if it happens at this point, but I kind of feel that it does. Um, I'll just say it did. <laughs> so Yonha, you know, her ex-boyfriend, she's kind of got this other dude hitting on her and he wants to go out on a date with her, but he was real smarmy and smug and just a real asshole. So she doesn't really want to go with him, but he ends up kind of manipulating her and pretending he was just nervous and that really he's nice. And he was trying to like put on an act and, you know, be a bit swaggery or whatever. Um, so she agrees, but then she over overhears her ex-boyfriend kind of coaching this guy in how to get under her skin and basically how to like hit on her. And he's like saying the most awful shit, like saying stuff about her body and, you know, like just, all really, really gross stuff. And so she overhears and she's really upset, but she can't really do anything and she walks off. And then um, uh, Bansuk turns up and again, he's just having like, he's going through these different emotions now. So he sees her crying and I think he's learnt about sadness at this point, potentially, I can't remember. But anyway, he goes in and there's like a kind of a thing where he grabs the guy's collar and shakes him around and stuff. Um, and I think it means that he he hasn't run away in time because he kind of gets involved in this very human drama and ends up like, you know, kind of protect, well, not protecting Yona because she kind of can do it herself, but just standing up for her, I suppose, when she's at this really low point. Um, and so this, because of this, he hasn't run away after kissing whatever random person that he just had to kiss on campus. I have no idea. Um, so the exorcist turns up and this was really fun as well. I was like, wow, this is crazy because it's such a silly, ridiculous light show. And then suddenly you've got this mad exorcist who turns up with an actual like just kitchen knife thing and he's trying to stab Bansuk in the stomach and murder him. And it's all very like... <laughs> It's kind of intense. I don't know. I think it's just that I expected like, you know, in most dramas, when you watch them, an exorcist turns up and they're like, I'm going to vanquish you. I'm going to turn you to smoke. I'm going to turn you to dust or whatever. You know, something a little bit magical. But this guy just turns up and he's like, I'm going to stab you with my little knife. <laughs> Just seemed like, I don't know, like really brutal for such a cutesy show. Um, so anyway, the exorcist is trying to stab Bansuk and oh, uh, Yona, uh, oh, Yona kind of turns up and she 
is just before Bansuk gets stabbed, she just kind of like, and Bansuk's like half lying on the ground about to get stabbed and she jumps in between um, and kind of protects him from the knife. And the exorcist, it turns out, you know, it's pretty full on of her really because she could have got killed by this knife. But it turns out the exorcist is a protector of humans and is trying to protect humans from goblins because he reckons they're really evil or whatever. And who knows? We haven't seen him do anything except steal people's emotions and go around kissing everyone so they seem okay I suppose if a little bit weird um but it turns out he can't kill Yana and so Yana's kind of like it's all very funny like it's a lot of um you know kind of forced skinship stuff so Yana finds herself like kind of you know she's wrapped around Bansuk's neck she's kind of sitting in his lap and she's all like haha you can't you know you can't kill me I'm gonna protect him haha and Bansuk of course is like staring at her like he's you know falling a little bit like crushing on her a little bit hard at this point but you're not really sure he does like he's a bit weird <laughs> um and so once the exorcist kind of is like oh dang I guess I can't stab this man because you're sitting on his lap in the way and he walks off and he's like oh, I'll get you next time um so Barnsock just like stares at Yana he's like oh protect me <laughs> and so the next episode they've like they they make this deal and this is where things get even better and I'm like oh now it's a cohabitation drama this is brilliant so the whole deal is that um Barnsock, you know she believes him now too because she's seen this exorcist and stuff which again is very funny. Um, so they they're gonna live together. Um, Bansuk has told her like he's on a mission. He's got to go kiss all these women. And Yona's like, cool, I'll come with you while you kiss the women. And if the exorcist turns up, I'll hug you and get in the way of the exorcist's like weird knife. And then in return, you from your part time job have to pay like all the rent in my tiny apartment because they're going to live together and do all the cleaning and washing and laundry in in her house, basically. Um, So it's very cute. There's just like all these cohabitation things where, uh, you know, like kind of montage sort of things and moments where they're living together now and he's doing all the cooking and he's, you know, he's a good cook. And so he's like really looking after, he's doing all the laundry, he's like scrubbing everything and just making everything like really perfect and clean. She doesn't have to do anything. She's getting taken care of by this like super handsome man who's living in her house. Um, and all she has to do is like when they go out and if you know, the exorcist turns up, she has to hug him. So it's very funny. It's very cute. Um, and I really, really liked it. And then of course, you know, feelings begin to get involved as Bansuk gets more feelings and living together that just leads to heaps of like, you know, cute moments and heaps of skinship. And then Yona will, you know, follow him out when he has to go kiss someone. And we'll get this scene of her just sort of standing nearby while he's making out with someone. And she's just kind of like trying not to look, but also looking and feeling, you know, beginning to feel a bit jealous and confused about the whole thing. Um, and then, you know, the drama progresses and I'm not going to go into the ending too much because it was, it was, it was kind of good and kind of whatever, but also, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. It's really short. It's so addictive. And then of course, you know, the, the 10th woman that Barnsilk has to kiss is Yona. And by this point, you know, they've kind of gone all in with their feelings and then they find out, of course, that there's, you know, a catch, um, and some problems around whether they're going to kiss or not. So that's kind of the setup of this very ridiculous show, Kiss Goblin, which is about a goblin that kisses some women. <laughs> that's basically it. Um, so I'm just going to talk really briefly about some of the stuff that I really loved. Um, and yeah, and then I'm going to talk about some other web dramas after that.
Okay, so I'm just going to touch on some of the stuff I loved about this show. I think it's like, it really is very silly and it's very, I don't want to say it's fully surface level because I do think it kind of, it's very satisfying once it gets off the ground. I do think what a clunky beginning it has. And then I think the ending is a bit, you know, it's a bit whatever. Um, but when it's kind of at its peak, it's super addictive, really fun, kind of just really tropey, kind of satisfying stuff. So I think that's what I loved the most was the fact that, you know, I just watched the whole thing in one sitting. Um, I really liked the romance. Like, I feel like the concept and the setup, like the framework for the romance, romance is just the kind of trope that I adore you know like it kind of you know she's the only one who can save his life and she has to do it by consistently like being all over him and hugging him like it doesn't get better than that and then on top of that you know they have to live together and they work together and then she's got you know this other dude who's her best friend who's trying to hit on her and is getting real confused because this other dude's always there in the way so you know there's just heaps of romantic hijinks and then on top of that you know, we have Bansuk off kissing other women randomly, which is, you know, kind of puts a spanner in. What a weird saying. I keep saying like spanner in the works, um, which kind of makes things complex um, in terms of her feelings for our female lead. So I think my favorite thing about the show is that oh, I feel like it's just the romance. The romance is really fun. It's so satisfying and addictive. That's what I liked the most. Um, I also really loved uh, the actor Ben Hock in this, like, I really wasn't sure at first. <laughs> like, I started watching and I'm like, I know this dude can act, like, because I've just seen him in this other drama. <laughs> yeah, my roommate is a gumiho. Um, and so it was like, it's obvious he can he can act, um, but it, it was pretty, it was just all a bit stiff and awkward at the start. But I, I do think as soon as he, you know, his character starts gaining these emotions, it just like, and by the time they're living together, the bickering and the cuteness and the skinship is just, it feels natural. It feels good. And it's great. Um, so like I said, I really loved, uh, you know, it doesn't really go really deep into the mythology, but I feel like you feel like it's there. And I also felt like if this had been a 16 episode show, I felt like there was some really interesting stuff that could have been like more deeply explored. So I really liked, you know, what the Goblin Queen said about them being human. And we start seeing her flashbacks, which, you know, lead back to the Joseon dynasty kind of time. And it turns out that she was in love with this, you know, this random exorcist who has a stabby knife and is running around trying to murder everyone in a really dramatic kind of way um they have this you know whole tragic backstory and like you know I was interested in all this stuff I was like whoa that's so cool um and so I loved that whole idea of, you know, I wanted to know what happened to her. Like, we never find out, like, why did she become a goblin? What happened to her during the Joseon dynasty that turned her into a goblin? And even with um, Bansuk himself, he kind of tells Yona, you know, that he's 160 years old and that he was abandoned in the woods. And that's all he says. But we know from what the Goblin Queen said earlier that you know, she basically said, you know, if someone's heart is ground down, then they can become a goblin, like, you know, unendurable trauma, basically. So you're like, well, I don't know what happened to him. Um, you know, he just what? Did he die? Is that what it is? Like, do you die and become a goblin? Anyway, I'm probably reading way too deeply into it. But I think that's just me being like, I loved this. I could have done with so much more of it. What could this have been if it was 16 episodes? But with this really cutesy, fun, tropey kind of setup. It's not, though. But that's fine. <laughs> 
Um, so I really liked Yona. Um, I thought she was really good. Again, oh, a little bit clunky at the start, although I felt she was really good. And I did like, I like the whole, I don't know. I, I guess I like that she's a bit sassy. She's a bit cranky. That was quite fun. Um, I also really enjoyed, um, the, I guess just her whole reactions to him as it goes through, like, you know, from thinking he's just you know, she thinks he's pretty nuts at the start and also a player and she really isn't into him. And then slowly, you know, obviously he warms her up by being kind to her and stuff. But there's this really funny thing that once they start living together, you know, he's looking after her, he's cooking for her, he's taking care of her. And she's obviously, you know, she notices that he's extremely handsome. And so she's very like taken by him, but she's also got this kind of this dialogue in her head where she's like, you know, I feel like I like this guy. I feel like I like this man. Do I really like this man? Or do I just like him because he's like in my face all the time and he's really handsome? Like, and I thought that was really, I don't know, kind of very aware for, I don't know, for a show like this, I suppose. Like, I kind of really enjoyed that that was something she was worried about. Like, do I really like him? Like, do I really know this guy? Or is it, am I just taken by the fact that he's very handsome and he's like around me all the time? Because I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's like for me personally, I'm, you know, before I discovered K-dramas, I watched a lot of, you know, Western rom-coms and things like that. And I love romance. So I love that genre. I would watch them all, but I would consistently feel so unsatisfied by what kind of constitutes as romantic in a lot of other, you know, non, non-Korean kind of, um, you know, media and drama and movies and stuff. And I think one of those for me is that I think a lot of those kind of rom-coms or like Hollywood rom-coms, um, particularly, you know, back when I used to watch them a lot and that's where I was getting, you know, I guess my romance fix, I suppose, um, quite often I felt like the couple would, you know, fall in love and it would be painted as like sweepingly swoony romantic. But I, as a viewer, or, you know, maybe even a book reader would be like, she only likes him because he's hot. She doesn't know anything about this guy. He doesn't know anything about her. Like, yeah, it's great if there's a chemistry and an attraction, but you can't sell that to me as a deep romance, I suppose. And then discovering K-drama, like obviously everyone looks beautiful and I'm sure they all do fall in love with each other because they're so good looking, but there's always a deeper level than that. Like you do get conversations and slow burn between the characters quite, you know, mostly in all the good dramas that I really love. Anyway, you feel like these relationships are built slowly and carefully and thoughtfully. And it's not just like just physical attraction, but they're trying to pretend that it's swoony romance and this these people are going to get married and love each other forever in this really long-term relationship. And you're like, they don't even know anything about each other. So I think I just really kind of enjoyed that that was something that the female lead was you know, she was thinking about and worrying about. Um, but at the same time, like you can see why she's starting to like this dude because I don't know, like he's literally just doing everything in the house. He's like really, really looking after her. It's all very, very nice. So I think it would be a bit hard not to swoon, to be honest. Um, so I'm just going to mention too, like with the cohabitation, it's just really cute and really fun. And there was particularly this one scene. I can't remember how it comes about, but 
I think she's real pissy at him for something. She's getting really annoyed. And then eventually she's like, you know, what about you? Do you have anything to say to me? And Barnsook, who up until this point, like he's been, he's still like, he's not fully human, but he just explodes and he's like, your hair is everywhere in this house. Like, I just don't want to have to pick up your hair anymore. Can't you just stop putting your hair everywhere? Can't you pick it up? And it just made me laugh so much. I thought it was very, very funny. It was just really cute. <laughs> um, so what else? Uh, I just liked all the skinship. So again, I just liked the the framework. Um, I quite liked the second male lead in this, uh, just as, you know, a bit of extra cute kind of uh, conflict for the romance. And I also liked the Goblin Queen and I liked, you know, the hint on her tragic backstory. And I really particularly liked um, the exorcist, kind of that that element in the drama of him literally trying to stab up our main character and murder him. And at one point actually stabs him up in a weird dark alley. And I was like, it's just for such a silly light, you know, surface level silly kind of show it just like almost shocked me to have someone like you know there's a lot of blood and someone's literally getting stabbed up and it all felt very like vicious and violent um but I I kind of think I really liked it because there was this level of danger in the show which you know danger I think always helps along a romance. It always, you know, adds an extra element. It's kind of fun. I think that's why I like historical dramas so much because, you know, they can be sweepingly romantic, but anyone can get murdered at any point or tortured or imprisoned. Like it's the stakes are really high. So I think I just enjoyed that for such a silly show. It actually had stakes and it felt like it had stakes and it felt like Barnsook was getting hunted by, you know, a murderous madman who wanted to kill him. Um, so for some reason that, that really worked for me. I love murderous madmen, apparently. All right. So um, I'm just going to talk about it's not really stuff I didn't love. Literally, I think, you know, it's so clunky. It's a little bit like it's low budget. Um, at the beginning, it was clunky. Um, I think it was just too short. I really could have done a whole 16 episodes. I really could have. I feel like the cohabitation stuff could have been drawn out so much, but clearly that's a super favorite trope for me. So I could just, you know, watch episodes and episodes of that shit. So much fun. And I would have liked to have delved more into um, Barnsook's like whole backstory and stuff. I think that would have been really fun. Um, so I think that's all I'm really going to say. I don't even know like there's any point discussing the ending just because it's so short and sweet. Like it's kind of fun. I don't know if I fully like I like personally, I would have liked it slightly tweaked at the end. But, you know, it's good enough. It's there's no problem with it. And it's satisfying enough. Um, and yeah. So that's, that's it from me. <laughs> Can you believe I even, I, I feel like I talked about this short web drama longer than it would have taken you to go and watch it. Oh, I liked it so much. I just felt so addicted. All right. So that's it. I'm going to stop talking about this. Uh, so this is Kiss Goblin, the 2020 K-drama. So it came out in 2020. It's only 12 episodes and each episode is only 10 minutes and Believe me, if any of that sounded like your jam, you can watch this one in one sitting. It's a very easy watch. <laughs> All right, that's it from me on Kids Goblin. Okay, so I just wanted to, before I finish up today, um, just kind of talk about a few different 
web dramas just because I think watching this really funny Kiss Goblin um, kind of got me thinking about some of the web dramas that have actually like really impacted me and I feel like I used to have this really bad thing where I, I just really avoided web dramas or you know shorter length dramas I should say um, just thinking that shorter meant lower quality but I think it's really really cool I think that in the Korean like um you know industry like I suppose the um filming industry or whatever that there there is kind of this culture of like so many little teeny tiny shows coming out all the time or web dramas or little you know um I don't know kaka tv things or whatever like all this random stuff just because I think you know it must really give you know, newer writers, um, newer directors and like fresh actors, kind of an opportunity to be in something, um, to have that culture of creating really short little shows and having them be consumed by an audience. Um, and I do wonder, like a lot of the, the sh kind of shorter dramas I've seen, they do tend to run on the, you know, the, the very cute and tropey sort of romance side. And I do think that that's, you know, that seems like a good audience to tap into for, you know, it, it doesn't matter so much. I guess like what I'm trying to say is if you're in the mood for something romantic and cute, you probably have like kind of a higher tolerance for maybe a low budget or maybe some clunky, you know, kind of newbie acting sometimes or newbie directing. Like the long as there's something there, like, you know, that will, they won't, they or you know, when will they, because you know they will, <laughs> kind of a thing to get you hooked. Like then I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. I guess I think I, I think it's really cool because where I live in my country, we don't have practically, you know, we, well, we don't have a thriving film industry whatsoever or television industry. And we certainly don't have anything like this kind of stuff. Um, and you know, the kind of stories I think that get made, um, you know, in web dramas, like cutesy romance things, like they would never even get made in my country because I think romance is, you know, out of all the genres that exist, I think even though it's one of the most beloved genres and it has this enormous audience of people who want to consistently read or watch romantic things, it's just consistently looked down on as something bad or like as a genre that's not as good or not as worthy or doesn't have as much value like you can see I've touched on a sore point here <laughs> I love romance so much and I just think it's so silly that it doesn't kind of get I don't know the props that it deserves as a really awesome thing that makes people really happy but anyway what am I talking about who knows so um some of these web dramas that I'm just going to quickly run through um I have talked about on the podcast before and I've got whole episodes on some of these so you can check those out if you want to hear me waffling in like a lot of depth um but there is a couple here that I haven't really talked about before as well at the end um so the first one I'll mention is scripting your destiny um this is a very new one I do have an episode on this one so Scripting Your Destiny came out in 2021. Um, this one is 10 episodes, each episode 25 minutes, apparently. So that's from 2021. I super enjoyed it. I For me, this one, Scripting Your Destiny, really goes kind of in the same wheelhouse as Kiss Goblin. Like, freaking fantastic fantasy romance setup like the framework is so good that I feel like the most sad thing about both these dramas is that they weren't 
bloody longer. It's so sad. Um, and actually one that wasn't on my list is Page Turner. That's another little one that I have a whole um, episode on as well. Um, but it's not on my list, so I'll leave that off for now. But you can check out the, my, my very old, long, waffly episode on Page Turner if you're so inclined. Um, so scripting your destiny, you know, that's about basically like gods of fate and has again like a bit of a star-crossed lover's vibe. I think scripting your destiny is of higher quality than Kiss Goblin. I think that the story has, you know, it's longer for a start. So there is, and I think it looks better. I think um, it's high quality in terms of the writing and the way it looks and obviously it's budget too, I I imagine. Um, But I do think that one is like quite a complex kind of mythology in the end that was a little bit surprising. So I definitely, yeah, I really liked scripting your destiny. Um, For me, one of my like weirdly, I feel like just a drama that absolutely, I, I feel like I'm obsessed with is High End Crush. So High End Crush is from 2018. This is a really short one. So it was five episodes and I can't remember how long each episode was, but I feel like it's only like 15 minutes or maybe 20, but I think not even that long. Um, so High End Crush stars uh, the actor Jong Yoo as the main character um, and Din Seon as his love. Um, but I I think it really is Jong Yoo's drama, and I've just never seen him so hilarious and ridiculous as I have in this very, very funny romance drama. So this one's full contemporary. There's no fantasy elements, and it's just like tropey hijinks as a very rich and absolutely horrible jerky, jerkish sort of CEO falls in love with a woman who's just very sweet and nice and. He just cannot admit to himself that he's fallen in love and he just refuses to think that that's what's going on. But he just becomes, I think, the maddest character that I have ever seen on screen. Like the stuff this man does to deny his love, like it's just this one's a real comedy. I think it's very, very funny. Um, but the romance was quite addictive. So I really loved that. So that's High End Crush. Um, definitely worth a look. Um, so another web drama um, that, again, I've got an episode and I've got an episode on High End Crush as well. And I've got an episode on this one. So this is Splash Splash Love. Um, so Splash Splash Love is only two full length episodes. It is so fucking short. It's from 2015. Uh, it stars the actress Kim Sul Gi, who's amazing in it. Um, and also the lead actor is Yoon Do Joon, who I really like. And weirdly enough, um, the second kind of leads in it have gone on to be quite big actors now. So that's Jin Ki Ju um, playing the second female lead. And I really like her. She's from Come and Hug Me. And she's also from My Secretary can't see faces. I can't remember what that drama's called. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and the actor An Hyo Sop, um, who's in some stuff. So Splash Splash Love is like a time slip. So Kim Sulgi's a high school student. She gets sucked back into the Joseon dynasty. It's very much like a fish out of water kind of comedy, but it has this really beautiful kind of storyline around her realizing her worth, realizing that she can do something, that she is smart. So it has this really lovely sort of growth storyline for her. And this one's a little bit different because um, the other ones are very 
I feel like they're very hijinky and a bit silly, although scripting your destiny kind of leans into a bit more serious romance. But I think by the time Splash Splash Love, which is only two episodes, is done, like you really believe in this romance. It's actually quite swoony and romantic. It's really... I don't know, it's really something, this drama. I really like it. Um, I've seen it more than once. Um, another drama that I watched recently, so this is an eight-episode drama at 30 minutes per episode, um, is called One More Time. So One More Time stars... Hey, does it not tell... Oh, <laughs> I thought it didn't say. So the actor Kim Young-soo, who is Elle. Uh, Elle from that... Oh no, Angel Last Love, Mission Last Love, Angel. Um, and he's in loads of stuff, L. L of the Dimples, that's who he is. And the actress is Yoon So Hee, who I freaking love. She should be in so much more stuff. She's just so beautiful and good. Um, but anyway, so One More Time is so good. I It's much more, it's serious. It's not hijinky. It's not... I feel like it's a really clever concept, but you've really got to watch to the end to to understand it, I suppose. Like, I had a bit of trouble at the start because Elle's character is just, you know, he's just a raging asshole. He's just the worst. Um, but then I feel like the drama flips everything on its head and explains, you know, kind of shows you a different side to everything. And it's a really clever story. It's really hugely moving and hugely romantic in the end. But just push through, push through the beginning, even if you're a bit like, all this guy does is yell and kick stuff and be mean, but it's worth it. This show is worth it. It's really good. So that's one more time, only eight episodes at 30 minutes. So again, nice little fast one. So another one I was going to mention, um, it's really weird. So <laughs> this drama is called Best Mistake. Um, it's got three seasons, apparently. Um, I've only seen season one, uh, which came out in 2019. This one is 15 episodes at eight minutes per episode. And it's like, you know, it's just a full high school sort of romantic hijinks at high school kind of show, which is totally up my alley. I really enjoyed it, but this is a show that literally I watched it and then it was like three days later, I couldn't remember it at all. <laughs> it's so funny. I feel like I really enjoyed it. I was just, you know, like love triangles and romantic things happening and like all sorts of little, you know, stuff going on and cute little people at a little high school. I absolutely loved it, but I literally don't remember anything about it at all. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened with that. <laughs> I did really like it. So apparently, because I've reminded myself, it is about um, a girl who has like some dude who's like harassing her, which is actually pretty dark. And he's all like trying to go out with her. And she's basically tries to tell him to fuck off, but he's not listening. Again, all super dark, but you know, played really cutesy and not dark. Um, so to kind of get rid of this dude, she says she has a boyfriend and she shows like a random photo from online. But it turns out this random photo that she's shown is, you know, the coolest, hottest, baddest boy at school. Um, and suddenly everyone thinks that they're dating. And so she kind of gets thrown together with this dude. And of course, it turns out he's not really, you know, a bad boy at all. He's actually like a total misunderstood sweetheart. But he really, I just remember him being extremely sweet and never doing anything remotely bad. But I think he has blonde hair. And I think like, is that meant to signify that he's like a gangster or something? <laughs> I don't know. He wasn't. He was very sweet. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed it, but you know, I don't know what happened in it. 
And so the next drama on my list um, is this. <laughs> so I just watched this. I just watched it. It came out in 2021. Um, so like a couple months ago, as I record this, it's a Korean web drama. It's called Love Refresh. And it's you You can find it on YouTube subbed, basically. So this drama stars So Kung, so Kung Joon. Uh, so So Kung Joon is, of course, uh, probably my favorite role that he's been in was as the second male lead in Cheese in the trap he's also in that mad robot drama where he's like a fucking robot or some shit um yeah i really like him oh he's in um when the weather is fine i'll come hang out with you i don't know what that one is called <laughs> with park min young um so i really like uh so kong Joon, which is why i watched this drama i didn't recognize any of the female leads in this but it, um the actresses are kim yi kong uh bung and jong and dung hee jong uh, so they were all new faces to me. I didn't really, or I like maybe recognize them, but not really sh- sure that n- nothing significant, I suppose, that I've seen them in. Um, so I watched this one because it's only three episodes and each episode is only 10 minutes. So Love Refresh is, so the setup is basically that there is four best friends and they've been best friends for eight years since, I don't know, college or high school. Um, one of them's a dude, which is so Kung Joon and the other three are, you know, beautiful women and they're all best friends. And he is a, like a drama script writer. And he's got this drama. He's for the very first time, he's trying to write a romance drama because he's only ever written um, sci-fi, I think. Um, And so he's trying to kind of get it past the door to get this drama made, but it keeps kind of getting pushed back. So he he goes and asks his three friends for their advice on, you know, like what should happen in the drama? Should the characters get together straight away? Should they confess? What should they do? And it's basically just like a series of like, everyone's just wearing fucking pastel. Everything's like real pastel. I have to say, this is not like... It's a it's a romance, but it's not a heart thumping romance. It's like a very look. It's a big fucking toothpaste ad. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It is an actual toothpaste ad. It is actually like I watched like I don't know. It opens with one of the women coming home, and she gives So Kung Joon like a plastic bag filled with toothpaste. And I was like watching it. I'm like, huh, that's weird. But all right, like okay, let's see what's gonna happen. And then in the next episode, one of the characters is like, they're all chatting and she comes out of the bathroom and she's brushing her teeth and she shows us the toothpaste she's using. And then in the next one, they like, they're talking about how to confess. And so Kung Joon and one of the female like leads in it is like, you know, they're kind of acting out this romance scene that he's going to write into his script. And it involves like, uh, mouthwash and putting mouthwash and like, you know, washing it around your mouth for 30 seconds. And I was like, all right. Okay. <laughs> and then like when he's staring at the female lead um, and, you know, loving her or whatever, and she's like sniffing mint plants. And I'm like, right, right. Cause the toothpaste is, is minty. Right. <laughs> so this drama is no good. <laughs> I don't suggest watching it except it's so short, but it's so toothless. It has no Oh my gosh, no, it's so pastel. Like everyone wears pastel, everything looks pastel and everything is pastel. Like it is the most, it's the most nothing (laughs) that I've ever seen. It's literally a toothpaste ad. And thinking about it now, I'm like, oh, it's just, you know, it's, it's a half an hour toothpaste ad in, in three episodes. That's what this is. Um, the setup sounds really fun. 
but it's not really fun when you watch it. <laughs> like, everyone looks gorgeous, of course they do, but, like, there's just no teeth to it. I don't know, I like a little bit more passion in my romance. I like a little bit more tension or, you know, chemistry or anything except toothpaste in my romance. So, basically, so Kong Joon, um, you know, you kind of realize that he has one of these three women that he's best friends with. He's been crushing on for eight years since he first met her, but he's never told her. Um, and that to me sounds like the best setup in the world. I'm like, I want to watch that, but I didn't want to watch this. It was no good. Um, there's just like no tension in it. You're just like, I really don't care which one he likes. And then when he kind of confesses, you're just like, why the fuck did you wait eight years to do this, mate? Like what's he, he wasn't even... It just it didn't even seem like he was nervous or anything. It was really strange. It just kind of like, this is really like <laughs> a total aside. But if you've seen Hospital Playlist season one, there is a, you know, like someone who is in love with someone else, like crushing on someone to a mad level who confesses after, you know, not saying anything for like a year or something. And when this character confesses, it's just like, Oh my gosh, like you can't even breathe. It's so awkward and the character is so like terrified to confess and so emotional about it that, you know, it's just such a good scene. You feel so much. You can tell that the characters are feeling so much. Whereas when I was watching So Kung Jun confess to this woman that he's supposed to have been in love with for eight years, I was like, this show is about toothpaste. <laughs> and really that's all I walked away from this show knowing anything about. So yeah, I don't suggest watching Love Refresh from 2021 unless you feel like watching watching an advertisement. And if you do, then that's great because that's what this is. <laughs> um, and then the very last drama on uh, my little web drama, you know, little spiel that I'm doing is this totally odd thing that I forgot I watched until I went on my little, you know, this, this web drama journey that I'm, that I went on just now. And I remembered it. I was like, oh, yeah, so this drama came out in 2013. I watched it more recently than that because that was a million years ago. But still, I think it, you know, I must have watched this like five years ago, six, I don't even know, a really long time ago. So this drama is called After School, Lucky or Not. I know there's multiple seasons. I didn't watch any of the other ones. I only watched this first one. Uh, so After School, Lucky or Not, is 12 episodes and each episode is 14 minutes long. I really can't remember if I already said that or not. Sorry if I did. <laughs> so this one stars a lot of people that have gone on to be quite famous, I feel, or like still maybe a little bit up and coming, but like really recognizable faces. So the female lead in this drama is Kim So-un. Um, and I think all the characters like basically mainly have the same names as the actors they do. The three main leads or the four main leads all have the exact same name as their actual the actors. That's very funny to me for some reason. So Kim So-un is an actress. She was um, she kind of played uh, John Dee's best friend in Boys Over Flowers. So she's, you know, she's been there since my beginning watching K-dramas anyway. Um, she has a lot of lead roles. Um, some, you know, I'll watch her. I quite like her actually, but I wouldn't follow her around drama land, but I'm always quite happy if I see her cast. But I wouldn't say that she's, she consistently seems to get lead roles but they're not, you know, they're not dramas that kind of set the world on fire, I suppose. 
Um, but Kim So-un's very lovely. So in this drama, there is, it's kind of like equal billing between about, I don't know, like five boys. It looks like four boys. Yeah, five boys. Um, and they're all like, I think the whole thing about this drama was that they were like an up and coming sort of like acting troupe. I don't know what an acting troupe is, but I think it's kind of like, you know, when rappers kind of join together and they're not actually like in a rap group, but they all just like help cross promote and try and like grow their star by, I don't know, hanging out. Like what is it? The ASAP ASAP Rocky and his ASAP Ferg and like, you know, they're all like, they're in a little thing. Anyway, this isn't about rap. Um, this is about K-drama, but I think that's what this is, is like a little acting troupe, which is, that's a weird thing. So anyway, this drama has So Kong Joon in it, who, you know, was obviously in that awful toothpaste ad that I was just waffling on about. Uh, it also has the actor Gong Myung. Uh, so Gong Myung, again, is, is a super recognizable face. He, uh, most recently I saw him in the K-drama, I think 2019 K-drama, I can't remember, um, Be Melodramatic. He plays um, one of the women, one of the lead characters in that kind of has this job um, doing product placement for dramas and she gets a new sort of like co-worker. So that's Gong Myung. He's also in heaps of stuff. Uh, it also has, this drama has Ite Hwan in it. So Ite Hwan is again, he'll just be a recognizable face. I think a lot of people would know. I know him from a side role in a Che Jin Hyuk kind of serious lawyer drama called Pride and Prejudice, um, but he's been in heaps of stuff. Um, and then Kang Tae who is a, I feel like very up and coming, but I think is probably going to do quite well. So Kang Tae uh, I first noticed in the mm, 2019, I think, um, great drama, which I've forgotten what it's called. <laughs> oh no. Um, the bloody historical. Oh my gosh. It's like one of my favorite dramas. I forgot what it's called. Anyway, he plays the second male lead in a Kim So Hyun drama. Um, that kind of cross-dressing, that brilliant historical cross-dressing one where the dude has to pretend to be a widow and then he's hanging out in Joseon in a widow's village while also like I don't know getting involved in politics and fighting with a sword it's great drama I really love it I can't believe I forgot I just totally blanked anyway um, but Kang Teo has also more recently been in the 2021 drama Doom at Your Service, which is a drama I have not yet seen as I record this, but it's super on my list. I really want to. So I really like Kang Teo. So very weird. Um, back when I watched this drama, um, what's it called? After School, Lucky or Not, this web drama. I didn't know who any of these dudes were at all. Um, but they've all kind of, yeah, really recognizable faces, like particularly So Kung Joon, who's kind of gone on to be quite, you know, quite famous and quite big. Um, so this drama was, it is fucking bonkers. Like I marathoned it. I do remember this one. I was totally addicted, but it is bonkers like so weird so so kung joon has like a mad peroxide head of hair they're these boys who have this like this school club and kim so Eun plays this high school student who's like she's very shy and quiet she doesn't want to talk to anyone and one day all these like you know super tall super handsome boys just come and grab her and bring her into the club room and are like you're our leader from now on or whatever <laughs> and so Basically, every day they have to pull out a piece of paper from a hat, I think, and it has a quest on it, and then they have to fulfill the quest. And so 
it's fucking mad. I actually really want to watch it again now that I'm talking about it because it was really strange but really addictive. And then the whole time you're watching it, it's just really crazy stuff. Like I think that they were trying to like film a horror thing and I'm pretty sure the boys were all aliens and were wearing like weird onesies at one point getting beamed up. I have no idea. But Kim Soon's kind of like falling. I'm pretty sure they were aliens at the end. <laughs> Is that right? I can't remember. It's so weird. Um, but Kim so is kind of like, you know, she's sort of falling in love with one of them. And I think you're not really sure like what's going to happen. And then the, there's like a nice kiss in it and stuff. And it was great. And I really liked it because of the romance. <laughs> I'm totally going to rewatch that now because all I remember about it was that I was addicted and it was the fucking weirdest thing that I'd ever seen in my life. Oh, apparently it's also known as <laughs> Roll the dice after school randomness. <laughs> that is the perfect name for this drama. After school fucking randomness. It's very random show. But good fun. So that's it from me um, and my huge waffle on random short dramas. I feel like I've changed my tune on random short dramas and I can see even if maybe sometimes they're clunky or, you know, the quality's not as good or, you know, there's rookie actors or rookie writers or directors. Like, I think there's a lot to love in these kind of little weirdo shows and you can find some like absolute gems, like things that are actually good quality and perfect, like, um, splash splash love or things that are a huge surprise like one more time which gosh like the writing in that surprised the hell out of me it's so good um and then you can get something like kiss goblin which is like kiss goblin is exactly what you would imagine kiss goblin is gonna be and that was perfect for me absolutely fucking perfect um all right i'm done i'm done with my waffle i'm gonna stop talking about this right now thanks for listening (laughs) Wow, how embarrassing. I just said goodbye and then like I was looking at a list of um, web dramas and I realized there was just a couple more that I really just wanted to mention really quickly. (laughs) So um, these are ones that I've seen that I really, really loved and I thought I'd just talk about them super fast. So uh, Marboy. So this one has three episodes, I think maybe three hour length or half an hour length. I really can't remember. It came out in 2012. Um, it's super old, um, but really cute. It's like a school romance. It stars the actress Kim So Hyun, who I really, really love. Um, and basically she's from the country. She's like goes to her dorm and then she has to dorm with this really famous child actress who's supposed to be like unbelievably beautiful. And then one day her child actress like dormitory person that she's sharing a room with gets real sick and her fucking wig falls off and she realizes it's a dude. (laughs) So it's like, you know, that whole thing where a girl is always pretending to be a dude and sneaking into the boys dorms and pretending to be a boy student. It's just a reverse of that. So it's very cute and very funny and very, very short. Um, So another one that's really really good is called 20 years old so this one's from 2014 so I don't know how many episodes this is what is it oh four episodes each episode's only 20 minutes this one is a romance and it's like swoony like really really good um and basically it so this one stars an actor called Iggy Kwang who's very super handsome. <laughs> That's about all I can say about him. He was really good, um, very charming. And then an actress called Yi Dae-in, who again, super charming in this. 
Um, and very hilariously, I can see from the cast list that it also stars Kang Teo, who I was talking about before, uh, who was in Doom at Your Service, and he plays Drunk Sunbae. <laughs> What a character name. Drunk Sunbae. Um, so this drama, the female lead is basically just living her life, doing whatever. And then there's this like really famous pop star, like, you know, K-pop idol or whatever, who she used to know at school and they kind of reconnect, but she thinks that he wouldn't remember her or care about her. But it turns out he's, you know, really had a massive crush on her at school and they sort of rekindle kind of a romance. It's super swoony. There's a really, really great kid scene and it's super short but I think this one's actually really good quality I don't it's addictive and romantic but more like for reals not like just like you know surface level low quality addictive <laughs> it's a bit different so yeah I, I mean I haven't seen it in a little while but I really really loved it and I've seen it a couple of times because it is such a quick watch so that's 20 years old very very lovely um, and then a drama that I never see talked about ever that I Oh, I loved this so much. Uh, so this one's called Nightmare Teacher. It came out in 2016. It's 12 episodes and each episode's only 15 minutes. So is um, so this one stars Kim So Hyun, who, you know, obviously is an actress that I really like. Um, and then a whole bunch of other faces, but particularly an actor called Um Ki um, Ki Joon, who's like an older actor who is, I think he's in Penthouse, which is in a 2021 drama that's doing really well. He was also in Dream High, so that's why I kind of know him. Um, but so Kim Soo Hyun, it, it's kind of a really weird show. It's like each episode is a different student, kind of focuses on a different student. And it's very much, it's a horror drama. It's very creepy. It's very dark. And basically you're trying to figure out whether this teacher of this class, like it kind of circles around this one particular class and this one particular teacher at a high school, you're trying to figure out if he is like a mad, creepy devil, because he keeps kind of offering the students wishes but then their wishes are like you know fuck them up basically that whole careful what you wish for and you know like there's a bit of uh, strings attached to everything so I really really liked it it's really creepy and it kind of has Kim Sohyun as the main character who's sort of like she's noticing the whole drama through, even though each dra each episode is very much focused on a different random student and their creepy little, you know, short story, basically. Kim Sohyun's always in the background kind of investigating and trying to figure out. And then by the end of the drama, she takes center stage and it's her, you know, kind of getting a creepy wish from this creepy teacher. It's a really good, a very satisfying little horror with, um, I think, really... I mean, I really like horror, so I found it really fun and really satisfying and very cool. Um, so yeah, that one's called Nightmare Teacher from 2016. So that really is the end of my list now. I'm sure there's other ones that I've seen, but I'll stop there. So this time, this time I'm actually done. <laughs> brings me to at the very end of this week's episode thank you so much for listening to me waffle on this week about lots of random stuff um i just want to give a massive massive thank you to all those people who've chosen to support the show on patreon and an extra special shout out this week to lovely new patrons the elantrian andrea viola 
and Lorna Sheridan. Thank you guys so very much. It is so encouraging to me to continue making this show um, when I see all these people supporting me in this way. So thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I hope everyone has a very lovely week going forward and tunes in again next week for more random K-drama waffle. All right, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>